0: Hey, well, my name is Matt, and my privilege and honor just to welcome all five of our campuses, Hickson, Calhoun, Dalton, Chatsworth, and Ringgold. Welcome to our services as we get started in our our Christmas season. And probably all of us can relate to this, or maybe you've pulled them out, and it's like, here's my question. When when I put mine in the box, like when we take them down, like January or after Christmas, they never look like this. But I don't know if I have a gremlin in my attic or closet or if you have the same th- problem. But when I pull it back out, they look like this and they're just like all tangled up. And, and, it's the cha- and it sort of represents a challenge, right? Or it represents what Christmas, there's a tension at Christmas, right? And, and the, the tension of Christmas is there's the idea of Christmas and then our experience of it. The idea of Christmas is that you know everything should be perfect, the family should be perfect, the photos should be perfect, we should recreate a Norman Rockwell painting, and everything should be great. When we grab our Christmas lights, they should not look like this, but things in life just tend to get tangled up, don't they? That nothing sort of drifts, or nothing through inattention just drifts toward a more perfect state. Like if you neglect your body, it looks like this eventually, right? if you neglect your spiritual life, it looks like this eventually. And if you just put the lights in the, in the attic and in the box and do nothing for 300 days or 365 days and you open it back up, it just looks like this. Things just it sort of tend to get tangled up. And at Christmas, we have these expectations or these ideas of perfection that everybody should get along, that everybody should do this at Christmas. But wife family does that at Christmas, so who wins? You're this or her that? And so There's just tensions that come up at Christmas, and things just sort of are tangled up. So what we're going to do, actually, for uh, the next several weeks is this. We're going to talk about a particular area of our lives that gets tangled up, and the holidays, for a lot of people, have a stress about this tangle, and it's not the tangle of the Christmas lights. It's the tangle that our relationships get into, it's, uh, we want to, we, you know, we take this Christmas photo that shows to the world that, hey, we have it all together, or well, you had it all together for a flash, right? And, but behind the scenes, there's difficulty, and there's tension, or you have to see your crazy aunt from Ohio, or you have to deal with this, or, hey, you have to pretend, to like people because it's the Christmas season. And, And so Christmas relationships, I mean, we've been talking to some people and they talked about how Thanksgiving was stressful because you had to see this person or this person had this expectation. So our relationships just do this. And if we don't pay attention to our relationships, if we don't invest in our relationships, if we don't untangle little knots in our relationships, they become big ones. And so we're going to talk about that for 3 solid weeks. It's going to be amazing because here's what I know. You can be a Christian and non-Christian. You could have been in church forever or never. Every single one of us has a relationship tangle or we have a relationship that is trending toward a tangle. And the question is what do we do about the tangle? The question is how do we resolve the tangle? And so these 3 weeks we're going to give you 3 steps to get untangled. So you got to come for three weeks in a row. All right, that's great, right? So three weeks in a row, step one, step two, step three. And then the fourth weekend is the weekend before Christmas, and we have got an exciting Rockbridge presents a classic Christmas. We will have drama. We will have music. We will share the meaning of Christmas. We are adding services across the board. You got to check your bulletin, check the website to make sure that you get the right time and the right location. But we're fired up about this. I want to ask you right now to begin thinking about who will you invite to a classic Christmas. And it, and we will have multiple options, so nobody has to be left out of that. But it's coming. It's going to be. A amazing. I was talking to one of our actresses who's uh, in, this, uh, in this play, in this event, in this presentation of the meaning of Christmas, and uh, just everybody's really excited about it that kind of knows where it's going. I'm excited about it, praying for you, praying for who you're going to invite. So for three weeks, we're going to get Untangled, and then on the fourth week, we're going to present Rockbridge Presents a Classic Christmas. Now, when we go back to being, uh, talking about our tangle and our relationships, fortunately, the Bible is written in real times and real situations where things get tangled up and things get messed up, and so we can draw truth and principles from the Bible that we can apply to our tangle here in 2018, about to be 2019. And the very first Christmas, and we're going to be in Matthew's Gospel, the very first book of the New Testament, the very first Christmas presents a, a very much a paradigm of what it's like when what you expect or your idea of something is not what you get. I mean, you expected everybody to be at your house at such and such a time. That's not what you got. You expected your marriage to be perfect or to be amazing, and what you got was something a lot less than that. So that tension, that tangle that gets created when our idea and our expectation is not what we experience. The first Christmas was no different. Matthew's Gospel, chapter (coughs) 1. We will start reading in verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. And this is who the Jewish people have been waiting on and waiting on and waiting on. And here's how it came about. And it did not come about the way anybody would have expected. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, so we've got courtship, dating, and we're very close to tying the knot, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So God, the Holy Spirit, put his seed, and impregnated Mary with the Son of God, with Jesus Christ. She carried the body of God. It's amazing. It's mysterious. It's miraculous. It's beautiful, okay? And so here's the tension. What about Joseph? There's no guy in this room who'd be like, man, I'd be fired up if while I was engaged, my fiance got pregnant, and I didn't know who the daddy was, I mean, most guys, and I, we're in the south here, you'd pull out your 12-gauge and go hunting, wouldn't you? Right? I mean, Joseph's in the first century, but I, I, it is not what Joseph wanted or expected. And, and we're not going to look at Mary's perspective today, but it's not what Mary expected either. And Luke's gospel talks about it from Mary's perspective. Matthew talks about it from Joseph's perspective. But here's what we can draw, and this is so true. First Christmas, relationships never go like we plan. Relationships never go like we expect. Relationships always have tensions. Relationships always get tangles. Whether it's tangled because someone sinned against you, or it's tangled because you sinned against someone, or it's tangled because God did something you didn't expect, that we still have this frustration. We still have this knot we've got to deal with. We still have a problem that we've got to get out of. (coughs) All relationships... Have tangles. All relationships have difficulties. Now, why is that? Because we're in them. And and we we mess up and we make mistakes and and if and and every every relationship has a honeymoon period. It's like, hey, man, I just love this church and everything's great in this church. Just wait. There will be a tangle because we're made up of people. Oh, hey, my marriage is fantastic. My marriage is great. Man, you just got back from your honeymoon. Just wait, okay? Hey, I just got a new job, and everybody at my work is, like, amazing. I think they're all Christians, and they all, like, are just like Jesus. Just wait. Just wait. You know it's true. The reason everybody's laughing is because you know it's true. So Mary and Joseph hadn't even had a honeymoon, and they got a tangle. Because relationships, of all things on God's earth, relationships never go like we plan or like we expect. And here's what happens. When a relationship doesn't go according to your plan or your expectation or what you thought or you think should have, could have, or would have happened, then you, you and I, we do something. We react, we respond. And the question that we'll wrestle with today is how do we react and how do we respond? Here's what Joseph does. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, so he's character guy, he's a godly man, he not, did not want to dis- disgrace her publicly. He decided to divorce her secretly. <coughs> now, this is totally acceptable what Joseph's going to do. There's nothing wrong with what Joseph's going to do. In fact, the scripture highlights that he's a righteous man. He's not trying to embarrass Mary. But obviously, he thinks Mary has been sleeping around on him. And he's just like, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I expected. So I'm going to end the relationship. So even though there's nothing wrong culturally or even biblically with what Joseph did, his response follows a typical pattern when someone supposedly does something against us or or hurts us or offends us or doesn't meet our expectations. And this goes all the way back to just a relationship with God. But here's the typical pattern. There's a law or an expectation. People who were engaged to be married do not sleep around on each other. Before you get married, you're not supposed to be with child and we don't know where the child came from or whose child it is, all right? So there's a law and there's an expectation. When that is not met, someone is offended, someone is bothered, someone is upset, and then there's punishment that's invoked or there's a consequence. We break up. We end the relationship. I get mad. I get even. I get. Uh, I, I stonewall. I get quiet. I withdraw. Everybody has a reaction or a response when you first realize the depth, the duration of the tangle. Now, here's the deeper problem. Now, Joseph doesn't do this, but here's what we tend to do. We tend to sin when our expectations are not met. Or let me say it this way, we sin when we've been sinned against. When someone hurts us, lets us down, drops a ball, sins against us, our reaction and our response tends to be to sin back against them. So we sin when we're sinned against, and sin always creates a tangle. So if you sin... When you have a tangle, the tangle gets worse. The tangle gets worse, and that is the spiral that a lot of relationships get into, and they can't figure out how to get it untangled. So the first thing we have to do is stop this response, this tendency to sin when we're sinned against. So let me give you some examples of what happens, okay? So we're aware of a tangle. There's an issue. So we react without the facts. That's where Joseph is. (coughs) <coughs> Joseph reacts, and he doesn't have all the information. We do, because we're reading what Matthew has told us from history, so he reacts without the facts. Another way we react is bitterness. We start talking to ourselves, and we say, I cannot believe he did that or she did that to me. We gossip. We tell each other, hey, let me tell you what they did to me, right? We get angry, right? We go to the other, the, the offender. We go to the person said, I cannot believe what you did to me. How dare you do that to me? We go to God. We're like, God, when are you going to get them? When are you going to get them? When are you going to stop them? When are you going to punish them? We sin when we're sinned against. Or we react without all the facts. And this pattern that we've just described, here's the challenge. It's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. Because the gospel is this, God has a law. We create an offense because of our inability and lack of a desire to follow God's law. And God, because God values the relationship more than God values being right, Or more than God values getting even, God sent himself, Jesus, through Mary, and God bore the offense, our offense, God took it upon himself on the cross so that he could extend grace, forgiveness, and restoration or a restored relationship with us. So this is God's pattern when we create a tangle against God. God says, I'll take the tangle. But our typical reaction is to punish, to react, and to sin when sinned against. So this pattern is not the gospel. So here's the question. Well, why do we do this? Why, why, do we, we, why does this pattern happen in relationships that where we just sort of make it worse and we just sort of create a bigger tangle? We don't know what to do with the tangle. Let me tell you why it happens. Because you and I, every single one of us, hey, you're new to church, you're, you're checking and kicking the tires of Christianity, every single one of us, every single one of us is relational. Very, very few people have a desire to just go live on a deserted island by themselves. And if they do have that desire, something gave them that desire along the way. pain. Let down or something. So, all of us are relational. So, what we tend to do because we long for this connection with someone, what we tend to do is we hang our hopes, our highest hopes, and our biggest dreams for fulfillment, we hang it on other people. People in this room, people listening to me, you have said this. I cannot be happy if I don't have someone in my life. I cannot be happy without them. I cannot, some of people can't, be, you, you're like miserable if you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend all the time and you ping pong all around. Why? Because you are putting hopes and expectations on another human being. And, and you need another human being. Now, God created us relationally, but what happens is, is we take all of our hopes for happiness and all of our hopes for fulfillment, and we hang it around this other person's neck, and that other person cannot possibly meet or fulfill our expectations. And so then we're disappointed, and when we're disappointed in them <coughs> we make it all about us, and the tangle gets worse, and the tangle gets more complicated, and the tangle gets trickier to untangle, and we're just stuck. Because I'm like, I needed them to make me happy, and they didn't. I needed them to fulfill me, and they couldn't. I needed them to be this for me, and they wouldn't. And we just put all our hopes and all our stuff on other people, and that disappointment... Creates those problems. But that pattern is not gospel. And we hold that thought. So, what happens as we rejoin our first Christmas couple and the Christmas tangle that Joseph and Mary are involved in? What happens? God gives revelation, God gives insight, God sends an angel. All right, now for us, God has sent his son, and God has given us a book, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Either either of those, his son or the book, the Bible, are revelation, so God brings revelation to give Joseph something, an insight to something. So here's what happens. After he had considered these things, so after Joseph has a plan to divorce, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary... <clears throat> as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She's, she's bearing the child of God. And so she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Joseph, you've got a part to play. Joseph, 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 I know you had an idea for your marriage, and I know you had a plan for your marriage, but I've just trumped your plan. Because I've got a different plan. Because this Jesus, the one you're going to name, he will save his people from their sins. And now all this took place, and he quotes a prophecy from Isaiah, to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and will give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, which means God is with us. And so Joseph is... Interrupted and Joseph's plans are interrupted because there's stuff going on that Joseph doesn't know about. And so here's the difference that starts to emerge. We have a plan for relationships and God has a plan for relationships. And I would bet you that most of us, our plan is somewhat different than God's plan. Because most of us would say, hey, my plan for my relationships is my happiness. That is not God's first priority. We'll see what it is in just a minute. Your expectations, hey, this will make me happy, and then he or she can't meet it, so it makes you miserable, and then you're in a tangle, right? God, we see, has a different plan for Joseph and Mary and for you and yours and for you and your folks and for you and your kids or for you and your coworkers. So we need a better pattern than sinning when sinned against. We need a better understanding that keeps us from missing God's plan when our plan gets tangled up. So what is the better pattern and what is the better pathway? And this is step one. Step one in any tangle. Step 1 in any mess up, in any gap, in any unmet expectation, when you're sinned against, when you're disappointed, when your expectations are not are not met, when you wanted something for Christmas and you got something else, whatever it is. Step 1 is this. Go vertical before you go horizontal. Go first to God. So don't go first and react in anger. Don't start giving you a thousand reasons to become bitter and want revenge. Don't react without the facts. Go first, go horizontal, or excuse me, go vertical before you go horizontal. So take the tangle, take the situation, and interpret it and find out about it with God. Find out about it from God's perspective. Go vertical before you go horizontal. Because here's what happens. This tangle that you experience in your, in your relationship, it creates a tangle in your soul and in your psyche. It creates a tangle inside of you, a tangle called anger or a tangle called bitterness or a tangle called victimhood or a tangle called ven- a desire for vengeance or a tangle called I'm done, I want to quit, I want them out of my life. And you start writing them off and you start judging them and condemning them and, doing, and in your mind you're acting like God toward them you got to get that stuff untangled with God before you get this untangled with them. Now, we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks how you get it untangled with them, but here's what we have to realize. Before the tangle is about you and them, it's about you and him. Before the tangle is about you and your husband, or you and your girlfriend, or you and your son, or you and the person that sits next to you at fourth period, or you and that coworker on second shift, the tangle is about you and him. Joseph, this is bigger than you. Joseph, there's stuff going on in Mary you have no clue about. Joseph, let me give you my perspective on the tangle that you're about to run away from and react against without all the facts. First, it's about you and him, not you and them. Go vertical before we go horizontal. Now, this creates what I call a double problem. There's two problems I've introduced. The first one, you know about. Every relationship will not go as you expect. Every marriage, every business partnership, every dynamic in a church... Every work environment, every team environment, everything is going to have difficulty and is going to have problems. It's not going to go as we expect. That's problem number one. Problem number two is this. We have to handle the tangle God's way, not our way. We have to handle the tangle God's way, not our way. (coughs) Now that creates a little bit of a challenge, right? Because that means for most of us here today... You have to unlearn your go-to response and your go-to reaction when you have a tangle. Joseph's reaction was to do what was biblically and culturally normal, which is to divorce her or to end the relationship with her. That was his go-to. Your go-to might be anger. Your go-to might be bitterness or unforgiveness. Your go-to might be slander and gossip and wrath and a critical spirit. Your go-to might be to play the victim card and become passive-aggressive. Your go-to might be to stonewall and to get real quiet and to go sulk in the corner and never even want to talk about the tangle, but inside you're all tangled, right? I don't know what your go-to is. I can tell you mine, but we're not going to do that right now. My wife could tell you better. But anyway, so we want to handle the tangle, God's way, not our way, which means if all of us, when you become a Christian, you become a student of Jesus. You become a disciple of Jesus. Now listen to me every single one of you. That means you have to start unlearning some things, and you have to start unlearning things in your relationships because your vertical relationship and your horizontal relationships are connected. And so we have to unlearn. And then learn how to do it God's way. Learn how to do it God's way. So, the value of step one, and going vertical before you go horizontal, is twofold. Step one, first and foremost, gives us a greater agenda for our relationships. Step one is that that you have a greater agenda for your relationships. I want you to hear me. Couples that have just gotten married. Couples that are engaged. I want you to hear me about family dynamics, work dynamics. The agenda for your relationships is not merely... A, 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 like a business transaction or a relationship, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. The, the agenda for your relationship is not your personal happiness and your personal fulfillment. God has a plan for relationships that is bigger than our plan and is a bigger than, uh, <coughs> is bigger than what we think it is. And the bottom line reason that God lets difficult things happen in relationships, and, and, and sinners get married to sinners, and sinners go to work for sinners, and sinners give birth to sinners is this word right here, our sanctification. You and I are on a path to learn and unlearn so we can be more Christ-like tomorrow than we are today. The only way that God can help you and I become more Christ-like tomorrow than we are today is put us in situations where we have to depend upon Him, look to Him, go vertical to Him first before we react in our sinful past precedent ways of acting. So part of the reason God allows difficulty, part of the reasons God allows you and I to experience the tangle is so that we unlearn and relearn. We unlearn and learn how to handle and how to love difficult people. Because God's will for you is to be like Jesus. Did Jesus love difficult people? He loves you and he loves me. And so God gives you and I opportunities to do that Monday through Friday around the dinner table after the honeymoon in fact there was a book written by a Mennonite pastor in the 1980s called sustaining love how does love sustain when two sinners it's about marriage though how when two sinners come together and I love, the vow, I love the phrase sustaining love because what most of us think about with love is the sentimental love, which is really no such love. Sustaining love is love that can get past the tangle and get past the differences. And here, here's the phases that uh, Daniel Osberger, this Mennonite pastor, said in his book, Sustaining Love. So you have relationships and differences. You have the dream phase. The dream phase is where you don't see the differences. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, she's perfect. She's amazing. She's awesome. You're on day two of your honeymoon. Of course she is, right? That's the first day of your job. Yeah, of course. So dream phase, you don't see differences. <coughs> Disillusionment phase, all you see is differences, and you get stuck. There are a lot of relationships here today. I don't, even have to, I don't even have to look at your prayer requests. There are a lot of relationships here today, and you've been stuck for a long time because you just don't know what to do. All you see is differences. You don't see the guy you married. Some of you, you don't see the son you raised, or you you go to work, and you're like, God, I thought he was going to be the best boss ever. And so you're disillusioned, and this is all you see, and so you're stuck, and how do you get past stuck? Well, here's the next phase, (coughs) is where you get a new dream. and the new dream, you begin to appreciate differences. But you don't stop there. There's new depth where you begin to celebrate differences. The best marriages I know of and have read about, and I'll say this, I mean, Beth and I can be in all, all of these phases sometimes all at once, but here's what I know. My marriage is richer and better, and my relationships with my boys or people I work with at church are better when I learn to celebrate the differences and the diversity and see tangles as opportunities to arrive at new depths of love and understanding. And this is why so much of your relationship with God and the quality and depth and intimacy that you experience with God shows up horizontally. That's why you got to go vertical before you go horizontal. So, So much of what we know about God is actually lived out or not in our relationships with other human beings. So understand this as it relates to your journey of walking with God. If you've not started walking with God, uh, I pray that you will and realize what God did uh, when you sinned against Him, how God loved you in a sustaining way. But when you're walking with God, understand this. It is not just the moment of surrender and salvation. It is a commitment to surrender every moment to Him. Too many people believe salvation is one moment in time, way back in time. It is a surrender of every moment to Him. So where our friend Joseph is, is Joseph, will you surrender your engagement, your expectation of marriage and of Mary to me, to God? Some of you have never surrendered your expectations of other people in your life to God. Some of you have never surrendered your expectations of a church back to God. And that's why you church hop. It's not God's will for you to church hop. Plug in, get in, get connected, get committed, and start contributing to the mission of Jesus somewhere, someplace. It's not God's will for you to bounce around looking for a perfect ten person. I'll give you a hint. They don't exist. They do not exist. Will you surrender that? As part of your vertical relationship with Him in your horizontal relationships with them. The second value of going vertical before horizontal is this. (coughs) It gives us the capacity to self-correct. It gives us the capacity to self-correct. What most of us do when we get a tangle is we're very, very good at helping correct the person that we think caused most of the tangle or all of the tangle, and we're not very good at self-correcting. I will give you this. I have never seen a relationship mended where both parties, the offender and the offendee, did not have some amount of self-correction to undergo. And if you do not go vertical first, you will not see... Or have the capacity to self-correct. Instead, you will have blind spots. Joseph had a blind spot. He didn't know it was God doing this. He didn't know God's plan. He got revelation from the angel. You and I can get revelation from the Word of God and godly counsel from the people of God. And then we can self-correct and say, you know what, I do have an anger problem, and I got to learn to deal with that. You know what, I do tend to react before I reflect. I should reflect with God before I react or respond horizontally or whatever your case may be. But if we do not gain the ability to self-correct, and here's what I would say, self-correct with Him before you go try to correct or confront them. Because if you do not self-correct with him, before you go horizontally to them, you will go to them in a posture of, I want to be right. I want to prove them wrong. I want to get even. I want to get head," I want to vent. I want to explain. I want, yada, yada, you you get my, what are you doing when you do that? Adding to this. (coughs) So Joseph gets this capacity to self-correct. And I'll be honest with you. And I know some of you here today, you're checking out Christianity for the first time. I do not know how non-Christians have enduring, sustaining relationships. Because there's really no capacity to self-correct if God doesn't give you revelation and insight into yourself. And, And your insecurity and pride, because you get insecurity and pride horizontally instead of vertically, then what do you do? You can never admit you're wrong. Or you can never go far enough. But Christians have this capacity to draw strength and identity from God, to let go of fear. What did he say to Joseph? You're the son of David. Don't fear Mary. If God hadn't said that, Joseph would have been like, no, I'm engaged to her. She's hurt me. i got to break this off. I'm in fear. So the gospel and God give us this capacity to self-correct. And so, when Joseph woke up, He did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her. Now, uh, this is how selfless Joseph is. Every married couple in the room can stand in awe of Joseph here. But did not have sexual relationships with her until she gave birth to a son. Why could Joseph deny his God-given biology? Because he had a new theology. A theology that taught him, hey, this ain't all about me. This is not all about me and my sexual drive and my sexual pleasure. This is about him before it's about me. When you're in that spot in a relationship, there is no tangle that cannot be untangled for the glory of God. And he named him Jesus. Three quick things that this means. Number one, I cannot replace love for God with love for self. When you replace in a relationship, my love for God has to be greater than my love for me and my love for you. My love for God has to be greater than my love for me and my love for you. When you replace love for God for love for self, here's what happens you will see people one of two ways. If your love for God is not higher, go vertical versus horizontal, you will see people as a vehicle to get you what you want or an obstacle that keeps you from getting what you want. Both of those things are not love. If you see people or love yourself more than you love God, other people in your relationships become a vehicle for your physical pleasure. But Joseph said, no. It's not about me right now. It's about God. I love God more than I love my biology. I love God more than I love my idea of marriage. He did exactly as the angel commanded. So Mary's not a vehicle for Joseph. She's someone for him to love unconditionally and then love her son, Jesus. Or you begin to see people as an obstacle. And what do you do to obstacles? You leave them You remove them, you tear them down. Or you, which is really another way of me saying, you hurt people and you create a bigger tangle. So do not allow love for self to transplant love for God. Secondly, I cannot expect people to be my source. What do I mean by source? My source of identity or my source of happiness my source of identity, or my source of happiness. I cannot make Beth or my boys my me. They cannot define me. They cannot have control over the depths of happiness in my soul, or else I start expecting them to do things only God can do. Part of the reason we experience disappointment in relationships is to point us to God who will never disappoint us, is to point us to God who is perfectly alone, who is alone, perfectly capable of satisfying the deepest longings of our soul. And part of the reasons we experience joys in horizontal relationships is because they act as appetizers for the fulfilling, ultimately fulfilling relationship that we have vertically with our Father who art in heaven. So I cannot expect people to be my source I have to let, them, let that pressure go. let Drop that expectation. And then, finally, I cannot measure the tangle by its size or duration. I can only measure the tangle by Emmanuel, which means God with us. So wherever you are, Emmanuel is here. Wherever you are, Whatever you've done, whatever tangle you're dealing with, your greatest hope, the greatest provision, the greatest promise is the promise of Jesus, Emmanuel. God is with you. And if you go vertical first, you are taking a huge step toward untangling your tangle. May you this Christmas and your family and your horizontal relationships Truly experience the promise and the power of Emmanuel. Let us pray. God, I I pray today just to say thank you that instead of law, offense, punishment, you gave us Emmanuel, Jesus, to save us from our sins. And Lord, it is that power of the gospel, the sufficiency of your provision that gives us the power to do relationships differently than anyone else in the world, because we look first to you when we have a tangle. God, I want to pray your restoring and your healing power over our church and everybody here today. Where there is unforgiveness or bitterness or a desire for revenge, Lord, I pray your grace goes there. And I pray we go vertical before we act horizontal. God, where there is a desire and a pain that is, just seems insurmountable, may we look first at Emmanuel, at Jesus, before we look at our pain. And God, may we be people who are driven and defined not by what people have done to us, not by the people that we have in our lives, but by you, God, you who sent your Son, born of a virgin, to save us from our sins and to be our Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so we pray this all in the name of Emmanuel, our King and our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.